Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I looked Rebecca Ferguson and her crazy crew of people and I loved this girl and the relationship that uh, uh, Danny Torrance and her had this kind of story like other people having the shine and were able to manipulate things I thought that was really creepy and, and really interesting so yeah I, I really really enjoyed it I think it's weakest parts but when it leaned into oh, we're a shining sequel, rather than it just being its own thing. It just seems to just be a constant roller coaster of, of just emotions and things going on, which is just classic Mike Flanagan, really. You know, compared to other horror films we might have seen recently, this is genuinely scary stuff. Hello, everyone. On Flixwatcher today, we have Kobe. Hiya. Lucy. Hello. And Sean. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Doctor Sleep. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty mighty tunes and thanks to ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills please do remember to write a review and rate us on apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us and you can join in the conversation with us on twitter at flixwatcherpod and on instagram at flixwatcher Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Lucy and Sean. Sean, over to you to say hello and introduce yourself, please. Hello, I'm Sean, a blog writer for films, TV, games uh, and kind of media in general. Talk about what's going on, thoughts on upcoming projects, projects that have just been um, and all realms of that, that media. What do you mean by projects? Your projects or other people's projects? Other people's. I would never, I'd never dare to try <laughs> create my own projects. Um, so it's just, it's so much easier to judge others rather than create my own. <laughs> judge arm's length. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and Lucy, who are you? I am a senior writer with What to Watch, where I talk about film and TV. It's a great job. Um, I also have a podcast I do in my free time uh, called the TV Time Podcast, where people come on to talk about their favourite drinks and their favourite TV shows. So it can be anything under the sun. It's a it's a listener's choice, a guest's choice. They can come on and bring whatever they want and we talk about it. So nice little lighthearted podcast, I think. It's what we need these days. So you, you podcast. What are, your, what are the favourite TV shows that you recommend? I've literally had a friend who just said, I finished, I finished The Bear. What else is next? 
And then I asked oh, wow. him what else he's seen, and he said not much. So I'm like, fuck's sake, there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> at least I give me some kind of help. Get my long list out. Yeah. <laughs> See, the, the problem with my podcast is that we can talk about shows from years and years ago, so it doesn't mm. have to be recent. It, it's just a favourite. Of course. So, you know, we've had we've had all sorts on. So we've had classics like The Simpsons. You know, we've had favourites of mine like BoJack Horseman. You know, it's a big Netflix show. I'm a Love big fan Bojack. of that. Um, I, I want to do an Inside Number 9 one at some point, which is one of my favourite um, BBC sort of um, dark comedy, I guess is the best way of putting it, mm-hmm. like an anthology comedy. Well, anything um, with um, Steve Pemberton and uh, the guys from... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of like a modern example for you because most people bring like, you know, a cult classic or something that's been quite long running. Um, I mean, have you d- delved into the world of like the Rings of Power or anything like that? Because they're huge at the moment. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. No, and that's the completely time, fair. Neither am I, yeah. but I have to cover it for work. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I say I have to, oh God, what a chore, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, fantasy's not, not my genre, but yeah. <laughs> at the moment, it's just, there's, there is too much TV. Um, it's almost kind of stressful. There's so much stuff I want to yes. watch. Far e- too much. You'd like no. have Even to like invest in like don't you? It's just but yeah, people it's... always ask me what to watch, and I'm like, I don't know. Go on the website. I, <laughs> I can't think off the top of my head, honestly. I just can't do it. Yeah. There's just so many. You come on here, and I ask you the same thing. I apologize. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, not sorry. Do, do not worry. It gave me a chance to sort of justify myself there, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, you've brought us um, Doctor Sleep. I have. So, first of all, can you tell us why you chose it, Lucy, and then give us the synopsis uh, if you can do? Yes. So um, Doctor Sleep I chose because it is a rare example of a horror sequel that is as good as its original, in my opinion. You put your cards on the table there, it's interesting. It doesn't happen <laughs> often. <laughs> I think it's a very strong um, follow-up from The Shining. I think it's an incredible film. I love the book. I love Mike Flanagan. There's a lot of reasons I chose it. Um, I just think it's an incredibly strong, genuinely terrifying film that is on par with The Shining which is probably a hot take, but I think it okay. is. <laughs> well, let's uh, get your timer ready. Oh, You've got 60 seconds to give this us the synopsis of this bit. excellent film, apparently. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, years after The Shining, which was in 1980, uh, D- Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. And obviously Dan Torrance is the son of Wendy and Jack Torrance, uh, the latter who you saw have a massive breakdown in the Overlook Hotel in the Shining. So Dan is an incredibly traumatised adult from obviously everything that happened in the events of the Shining. And we follow on from his uh, trauma in adult life. And that's where we are. 26 Fantastic. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, there we go. I guess we have to address the first film without spoilers. Um, where do we where do we rest on, on the Shining? Uh, let's go for yourself, Sean, first. Oh, I mean, The Shining is just, it's the classic, really, isn't it? The the following that it's gained, not just from the film itself, but all the stories that have come out from the film. Um, Daniel Krubik's kind of approach to it all, um, and the actors, and it, you just can't beat a Jack Nicholson performance, really, can you? <laughs> uh, Helen with The Shining. Yeah, I mean... Th- <laughs> it's just interesting I'm just kind of like thinking that it is a great Kubrick film that people would question whether it's a great Stephen King adaptation is a slightly different thing and I think they're slightly different things but yeah I mean The Shining's great it's 
manages to be scary in in many different ways and kind of its legacy has basically it's 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 been on everything from the the simpsons to you can just kind of like see when you say the shiny you just see the the here's johnny face through the Mm. through the door so i think it's impossible not to have had some kind of relationship with the shining at some point um so yeah i mean it's probably my favorite kubrick film possibly i think what a nice wide shot I've seen that. I've seen that. I need to rewatch that one. That one's a bit of a, an odd one. Uh, I mean, you, you you said at the top this is an excellent follow up to an excellent film. So The Shining must be ranked quite high for you, Lucy. It is. I I do like The Shining, um, but Helen is right. It's very different from the novel. So I think anybody who's read the novel going into The Shining are going to get they're going to get a different experience. Sure. I prefer the novel. I think, but that doesn't mean the film is necessarily bad. I just think the novel the the, the novel offers more as novels often do more context more just 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 more substance I guess. However, The Shining is is obviously you know you've got all the iconic motifs that you know are referenced time and time again the twins, axe through the door all sorts of carpet. awful stuff you know, um, typewriter the carpet exactly. There's just so mm. many iconic motifs in The Shining. Um, Jack Nicholson, incredible performance probably one of his best performances. Um, and I just think, obviously, we'll go on to it in a bit, but Doctor Sleep was a good sort of... It, it pays a lot of good tributes to The Shining while being its own story. And I just think it was really cool to look at what has happened to this poor child <laughs> that had to suffer these things in the Overlook. And, and how's, how was he dealing with it? And obviously, you know, spoiler alert, not very well. But you know, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, I, Turns into Eve McGregor. It's That's just crazy. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> you know, which is, you know, you could turn into worse people. It's a bit of a glow up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've only seen The Shining once. And I think typically when I say, you know, there's some films you perhaps want to watch when you're, when you're a bit younger. But I think I need to I need to rewatch The Shining because I think a lot of it just kind of went over my head. And I think by what you're saying, like, like read the book to get a bit more context about what's kind of going on. Because uh, I, I think I, I enjoyed, again, this is, I'm sure it's at least... 25 years since What's the Shining. Um, but I enjoyed and understood more about what the, sh- the, sh- the shine is going on in Doctor Sleep than I did whilst watching The Shining as, as a film. And, I, you know, I could get more into it and go understand the bit of like why things would be going awry in, in the first film. Um, I really enjoyed this. My slight downer side to it is that I, I felt in the last, in the final act, it went a bit too much back into The Shining. I felt, did it need to go back to The Overlook? Did it need to go have the recreations of... Um, Jack Nicholson, for example, because I think up to, up until that point, I loved what they were doing in its own world, which has you know progressed since then. I loved Rebecca Ferguson and her crazy crew of people. Uh, crazy is like putting it lightly, uh, and I love this girl and the relationship that uh, uh, Danny Torrance and her had remotely, and then together, and then this kind of story like other people having the shine and were able to manipulate things. I thought that was really creepy and, and really interesting so yeah I, I really really enjoyed it i thought it's not astonishing I, I need to go I, I don't know why i didn't watch it in the cinema i'm quite disappointed i didn't because i think it would have been quite a cool experience no i mean i definitely agree in the sense that i think it's weakest parts but when it leaned into oh we're a shining sequel um rather than it just being its own thing and when you had like i don't know the name of the actor i'm sure he's 
very good, but never get someone to try and replace a Jack Nicholson performance. Yeah. I think you'd have been much better off showing, just hinting at the fact that the character is still in that building, that, you know, you turn the corner and you can quickly see him as he's passing by, but that there didn't need to be this full-on scene because you just remember the classic and kind of how well that was done. Um, and those bits were never going to live up to it. Um, but where it really shined um, was where it, it was doing its own thing while very much you you are aware that it is a sequel. Mm. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good way for legacy sequels to address them. I mean, one of the main legacy sequel that came out recently is Top Gun Maverick, which, eh, well, it pretty much copycats copy everything, but went to like 11 too stupid, didn't it? And rather than rather than sticking to the original plan. Um, Helen, Doctor Sleep. So I I did not see this at the cinemas because I was led to believe that it was a bad film and. I was sad that I did not get to see it at the cinema because I, I really enjoyed mm. it. Um, we've had Gerald's Game on here, which is another Mike Flanagan, Stephen King one. And watching this, I think in Mike Flanagan, we kindly find someone who is able to put on screen the slightly more fantastical elements of Stephen King. And I just think that he kind of get Stephen King more than perhaps maybe Kubrick has done. And I think the cast the casting's really great. I'm a big fan of Ewan McGregor, so it was good to see him um do this and Rose the Hat, um great, great hats she's got and amazing caravan there. And um yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And I thought it was really interesting how he approached some of the kind of like the seeing in stuff, which it's quite a hard thing to visualise. And I just thought it was really an interesting approach that he did. And there was some like really, really genuinely horrible stuff, um, particularly with like the little kid with the baseball and um, some in action, which uh, seems to happen quite a lot, which is always right, some fun fun times. The scene, the, the, um, quite near the start where potentially Ewan McGregor's Danny Torrance has had his rock bottoms when he 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 has the night out and he meets that lady who's got the kid, and then you find out. I'm not sure if it's in real life or by a dream that they both like died and no one came to, no one came to find the kid because they just they're used to hearing him scream and then potentially then that was like a that's gross that's like a horrible <laughs> horrible like scenario, but it was creepy it was it was scary. There's one other scene that which I wasn't that big a fan of was when they're kind of shooting the the. Um, like that caravan gang in the what's it shooting? What they kind of had the face off of the caravan gang in the in the woods. Yeah. I thought that was a bit. It seemed a bit like incongruous with the rest of the film, where it was like going inside it other people to get that to get that feeling. Um, you know, cross reference with like the scene in cinema with with Rose the Hats in the in the soup. She's just shopping, and then suddenly the girl pops into her head, and it's like, oh, okay, this is like a real kind of interesting set And then it just becomes a, another scene with other in other action films. I thought it, it kind of. Undersold itself, undersold itself with that with that sequence. But I think, yeah, I, I think it was really, really good fun. <laughs> honestly, in all honesty, really good fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it that seemed to feel a bit misplaced. That it just felt like, right, we need to kill off a few characters before yeah. the third act. <laughs> I know a nice big shootout. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. 
I do think the emotional journey it takes you on is quite wild though, because you said that you know it's quite a fun film, but then you like as Helen mentioned, you have that horrific torture scene, <laughs> which it's very hard to watch, especially on the big screen. I was like, my God, this is very uncomfortable. It just seems to just be a constant roller coaster of of just emotions and things going on, which is just classic Mike Flanagan, really. You know, compared to other horror films we might have seen recently, this is genuinely scary stuff, though. I think it's like whoa, <laughs> this Sucking is the intense. St- the basically they call it obviously like the steam, but it's like steam, like the souls, mm-hmm. isn't it? And keeping them in like the little jars, and then like getting high off yeah. some little steam party. Have I, yeah. Has that has that occurred in other films? I've seen that I've seen that kind of motif somewhere. I'm sure where they've just like, like kind of sucking. Oh, it's um, it's a film we've had on recently, um, where they had Charlie Cox in it and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Stardust. Yeah, Stardust. Where the other yeah, witches. Um... <laughs> it's quite an odd comparison, isn't it? Very, very different kind of film. That's like the witches, potion, the witches, isn't it? Yeah, the witches steal the soul, don't they? And they and they re- kind of um, rejuvenate by by sucking in the the um, essence of, of of a young star in, in this case. Um, so we've we've mentioned Mike Mike Flanagan a few times here. This guy seems to have come out of nowhere in my mind. Um, and just like kicked ass and we, you know, Haunted Hill House, uh, Bly Manor. And so he's got, he's got TV work, which everyone says is pretty much astonishing. Maybe I think understand that Bly Manor isn't as good as Hill House. Um, but yeah, Gerald's Game, which we had on here, which is creeps me the hell out. Oh, it's about the Glovin scene. Oh yeah. My God. Grim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and heard Midnight Mass is astonishing as well. So, mm. what do we, what do we know about this guy? I just I just think he's brilliant. Like he's become like Netflix's horror staple, which I kind of love. Mm. They've got him on the phone. Like, have we got another series? We need some horror. Um, <laughs> I've just covered Midnight. No, sorry, um, the Midnight Club uh, for work, which is very good. Um, very jumpy, very unnerving about sort of kids in a um, in a hospice who've all got terminal illnesses and are trying to cure them. Uh, and it's very dark, but it's it's really good. Um, the the less you know about it, the better. It's mm. it's worth worth a go, though. I reckon. All right, guys. Anything else I want to say before I head to the scores? What about the girl? Um, I can't remember. What I keep calling the girl, oh, and I yeah. like this this the way they communicated Rip via that wall stuff. and stuff. I thought that was I, I thought it was kind of. I think that's why it took me out when they went into a into the field and started shooting people. Oh, I yeah. think her, kind her of... name's Abra. Yeah, she's very sweet. Yeah. I like her. Um, I do. I like the use of mirrors and stuff, and the kind of like kind of different like ways of communication. Like mirrors are just really creepy for some reason. <laughs> it's one of those things, right? Like it's really mirrors weird. are really creepy for some reason. One of his early films was like, Oculus, wasn't like it? Somebody else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's yeah. that kind of sometimes. Well, when used right in horror, it just feels like another world that you can't control as yeah. much. In mm. yourself is in there, and I think that's very much how it felt in Doctor Sleep. Um. And yeah, no, she was a great addition. I think kind of, it probably wasn't the actress throughout, but when they first introduced her as a young girl mm. and she just said she could do the magic trick as well, yeah. even that felt very, not unnerving, but just a bit, it took you back a bit. Like, it's kind of nice that they kind of slowly revealed what why she was the focus of this film and that she's, she's probably the most... Uh, shiny of the shiny people um <laughs> the shiny people yeah so much that rose the hat was like terrified of her just even though she hadn't met her she knew she was aware of this one one soul who would 
could easily dismantle them, but also would be the source of all the, a lot of steam that would would drive them on for for well forever uh, if they if they could capture. I just wanted to go through some of the names because um, I was really into them. So obviously we have uh, Rose the Hat, and we also have um, Crow Daddy. Abracadabra. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then there's Snake by Andy, who was kind of like the younger female who basically like took people to the cinema and like slashed them up like pedophile ped- guys. This was just like pretty sinister and she gets kind of like addicted to steaming or what we're going to call it um <laughs> i thought she was a great character i thought she was quite underused like yes, when yeah. that shoot off scene took place i was I was expecting i guess her to survive it and be part of the kind of last sequence or so but yeah a bit disappointed that it was it felt like it was cut short I think the off. introduction to her and um because that that brought us into the into the story about why um uh, you know Rose the Hand people chose some people to steam. I don't know what the better terminology is, and some people to keep and kind of bring into their merry men. Um, she and she said of Abra, like she didn't want to bring Abra in because she would just like I'm right in saying that as well as it's it's um but she said that she just didn't want to bring Abra into the team because she would like destroy everything almost yeah i think that was more of a she didn't want anyone stronger than her as Mm. part of the pack i guess she saw herself as the leader and didn't want that threatened in any way there's a couple more there's barry the chunk who was the the guy who didn't really do much but he was just kind of there and then grandpa flick who is also like Mm. the creepy night visitor in in gerald's game the really like weird looking guy who is alive but looks dead like the whole thing with like with him when he dies as well is really mm. like creepy and disturbing and uh i was also sorry just because i'm having a nose so henry thomas uh who was uh in et he's elliot and he yep. he, he plays jack nicholson playing um oh is that him yeah okay. jack torrance um oh no it says that he's the bartender i thought okay but yeah, Henry Thomas and um, Mike Flanagan have had. He's in pretty much all his all his stuff. Well, at least his most recent stuff, isn't he? That's interesting. And I'd like to put a shout out for for Cliff Curtis, who is um, who plays the guy who kind of puts Danny Torrance, uh, Ewan McGregor onto the straight and narrow, and then dies in the woods. I, also, I didn't expect him to die in the woods. Yeah. I thought it was a bit unfair. It's like mm, <laughs> um, I can kind of like, see what's going to happen to him. He's he's <laughs> he's he's for the chopping pile. He's he's, he's a goner. <laughs> he's expendable. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Okay. Well, let's head to the scores, guys. Hello, I'm Kate Lever, host of Who's a Good Dog, the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog. We're one of the other podcasts in the Stripped Media family. Each episode, I ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. So welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. If you want decimal places, you can have them. And we will start with you, please, Lucy, with your recommendability. I'm going to go 3.8. Hmm. 
because mm. a lot of the things you guys said are completely fair about sort of, you know, <laughs> maybe some ham-fisted references to The Shining, maybe things that some <laughs> that, that some Shining fans might not enjoy as much as I did. Also, it's incredibly graphic in places. It's incredibly disturbing. It's a very scary film. So if people mm. aren't don't really want to vibe with that, that's completely fine. But I do think it's a pretty solid 3.8. Sean? I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to go 4.5. Um, I was surprised at how much I liked it. I, I was the same. I kind of part of me stayed away from it because it was a sequel to The Shining, and I thought that was just disgusting. You can't follow up to that. Sacrilege. Um, <laughs> it really was. Uh, and then the other part is Stephen King can be quite notorious for endings. And I didn't want, he was able to make The Shining good. Um, and I didn't want Dr. Sleep to ruin that. So I hadn't read the book. I hadn't watched the film. Um, and it, I think the way it was advertised as well, when it came out in cinemas, I don't think they did it justice for mm. actually how good a film and how good a ride it actually was going to be. Um, so is this the first time you watched it then? Yeah, this was the first okay. time I watched it just because... Yeah. It was one that I don't think I'd have ever actually stuck on. You know, I, mm. if it was on the TV a few years down the line, maybe so. But I think The Shining was always such an iconic movie. And I thought there's no way they can follow that up this far on with a good yeah. sequel. And so just left it and was really shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Helen? Yeah, similarly thing. I um I was surprised, which is kind of bad, like, to be like, oh, yeah, I thought it was going to be shit. But I, I was a bit like, I thought it might have been a bit... I didn't really know what the story was and um, didn't obviously want to read too much about it. And I, I think it was quite badly marketed as well. Like, what, what is Doctor Sleep? Because it's not quite like The Shining 2. It's like, oh, what's Doctor Sleep? And it's, it's a bit confusing with the title. Um I know there are like a lot of hardcore Shining fans who basically just hate it just because it's it's trying to be a sequel, which I think is a shame. I think you, I, for me, I kind of see them a little bit as two separate films, even though they've got like the same characters, just because like the the vibe and the focus is just so different. Um, so I think if you if you like me, like you like The Shining, you think it's good, but you're also prepared to open your mind to a sequel that is slightly different in tone, but it's still entertaining, then I think you, you will enjoy this. It is a little bit long, you know, pushing the two, two and a half hours and could have done with a bit more tighter editing. But overall, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think if you if you kind of like have that open mind, then you'll enjoy it too. So I give it a solid four. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it four point two. I, I, they obviously they must have done a number on myself, Sean, and Helen in terms of like the advertising because it didn't it just didn't seem that appealing to to, to a lot of us. And I think they've I think they've lost out uh, on on people like ourselves who have been like, yeah, let's go and see it. Um, and also, I, I do have this thing where I just kind of think like previous successes, even though I didn't wasn't that big of the fan of Shining, I'm like, no, nah, I can't repeat that. Nah, there's no way. Um, most of my detriment, one of the biggest being like how much I loved um, Spaced and then everything that Nick Frost and uh, Simon Pegg and, and Edgar Wright did afterwards, I was like, they can't. So I never, so I didn't watch, I didn't, I didn't watch One of the Dead for ages because I thought that they're not going to beat that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Uh, so I need to get over myself. Uh, we need to get over ourselves sometimes and just say, what's the thing? 
but the reviews must have just been like not that positive. Yeah, they were yeah so, very mediocre to badish leaning. Um, yeah, and I don't know if that was part of the advertising that people didn't know what they were going in for and maybe didn't want something as horrific as they got because there are some scenes that are hard to watch and yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if I remember this correctly, but they, they seem to be coy about it being a signing sequel as well. They didn't seem to, because it is, it is really a straight up sequel, but what I remember there was like, it was billed as like, yeah, kind of a follow-up featuring Danny Torrance, but this is for me. It's, it is a sequel, especially with the way they leaned into it in the in the final acts a lot more. Um, so I don't know if that put people off the way they build it or the way or in, in, intrigued people. Yeah, four point two. <laughs> uh, Lucy, repeat viewing score. Um, probably a four. You could probably go back and have a good time with this. And you mm. could pro- and you could probably spot some new things actually. I mean, this is kind of what I'm going. It's my own arbitrary scoring system. I'm sorry. It's kind of like a, like what I would go back and rewatch for. You know, whether it's mm. finding new things or just because I fancy watching it. You know, I think there's probably things that I missed because I've only seen it once. I'd like to see it again. Um, I just think that there's probably more Easter eggs to The Shining that I probably missed. Um, there's probably just little things like that and just. I don't know. I I think as well for Rebecca Ferguson's performance, I just kind of want to see mm. her do more horror. To be honest with you, so I think I I love her performance. I think for her alone, I would recommend rewatching it. I just think her performance is 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 brilliant. Um, and I have read the book of this, and she did a really good job. Um, so yeah, I'd say four. Sean, um, I would give it a three point five. Um, I think the only reason I'd lack on it a bit is because it does kind of go on just a tad too long. And I think part of that is that last act very much does feel like a, here's the best bits of The Shining. You remember that. You loved it. (laughs) Um, And so from that bit of it. Recently on The Shining. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so from that bit of it, it's not only are you asking someone to rewatch Doctor Sleep, but you're asking someone to rewatch parts of The Shining over again. Mm. Um, but again, you know, I think the horror will never really fade from it. I think from the first introduction where um, the kind of group um, introduced themselves and she sat there with the flower um, and then they all are just surrounded in the forest gave me a bit of a chill and I don't think yeah. that will ever go away. So was your people in school there, sorry, Sean? Uh, 3.5. Helen? I enjoyed watching it, but watching it again, the length would really put me off because it's, it was quite, it, it did feel quite a long watch and just there's like so many more films and there's, I've seen a couple of like <laughs> Mike Flanagan's other films, but I would choose watching one of those I haven't seen over rewatching this. Um, so yeah, like maybe in like a few years or I don't know. I'm not sure. Two point five down the middle. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm gonna watch it. I'm not sure when I'm gonna watch it again. Um I think I'll probably do a shot a shining rewatch and then a this rewatch if I had like a cheeky like five hours to myself uh to watch them both back to back and in the middle have time to order a pizza or something. So that kind of combo sounds quite nice and uh comforting in a way. Um so yeah, 2.2. Small screen score. Lucy. 
Did we all see this first time on, on Netflix? Yeah. I saw it on the big screen. So okay. I, I have actually seen this one. Yeah. Uh, I loved it on the big screen, but I do think it's it's a good Netflix movie as well. Mm. I, do, I don't think it, it really benefits from the big screen experience. I think... You know, watching it on Netflix, if you've, especially if you've got a good home setup, for example, if you've got like you know good sound and stuff, it would it would work quite well. Um, the scares were certainly quite something on the big screen, uh, sure. as they normally are. But I, I don't know. I I think it's a tough one. Maybe like maybe like three point five. I don't know. I feel like I would recommend seeing it on the big screen, but it's not really like essential. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with watching it at home as long as you're not watching it on like a tiny little screen, <laughs> which you know we, we've we've you know I saw in your little notes on the email like you know it was something to do with like no smartphones. It's like yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's say let's say a three point five. Sean, um, I mean, I would give it a four because I, I was quite naughty. I I watched it on a tablet um, <laughs> when uh, yeah, so I watched it on a tablet first time um but it still scared the shit out of me um <laughs> i was in public as well so there were some scenes oh, no. that i'm there oh, no. like i'm just going to turn that turn that away from the public um <laughs> oh no where were you watching it can you remember where yeah i was on a flight <laughs> oh no <laughs> the classic yeah. flight where you it's either like something really gory has happened or there's like breasts and you're like oh I did that with like this, the first well, I watched Fleabag on the train and I was like oh, I'll just watch this comedy and at the there's start it's quite so many scenes that you just yeah just like oh, oh, can I just can I turn this away for <laughs> without looking um, and yeah Sorry, the worst part of it was I was in a middle seat so so there was no real <laughs> oh, no. You just, were literally having stuck. to go back and forth. But like, who's this still... sicko next to me <laughs> watching children <laughs> getting murdered? It's just a nice little pastime. Um, but yes, it still very much scared the shit out of me on a small screen. Mm. Helen? Well, we all know because of uh, terrible marketing that the opportunity to watch on the big screen has passed. Uh, I enjoyed watching it on, on my screen. Probably not going to make the trip to the cinema if it, it kind of came back out to see it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a five. Why not? You can have like little breaks as well if you need them for like, having a wee in your own <laughs> home without disturbing anyone else. I, I feel I would have, I feel I missed out by not watching it in the cinema. I think the, um, like I said, I'm not going to watch it often, but I think I would have enjoyed that, that experience in the cinema um, with other people. So, uh, I don't think you need to, but I think the collective experience of, of being there, experiencing the the nonsense and the and the awesomeness, um, would have been nicer. So I'm going to give it a lower score. Give it a three point two, three point two uh, engagement score. Lucy. So this is oh god. I mean, I I wouldn't turn this off to be honest mm. because I love it. I just think it's really great. <laughs> I'm really biased. You love it, but you only gave recommendability of 3.8. What's it in there, <laughs> Because of the audience that I'm recommending it to as a general sure. audience. Again, I was, I was kind of going off my arbitrary sort of recommendation scale of of what I recommend it to every horror fan. No. Do I love mm. it? Yes. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so I feel like I can understand the argument that it's not great and whatever. Um, and that it's too 
too reliant on Shining references. But I think it's great. I think it's great. I, li- I like the third act. Um, I don't know. I feel like probably a four, four would work if I think I'm doing the order of that scale right. <laughs> Yeah, um, okay. yeah, makes sense. Let's do that. Sean? It's a bit of a difficult one because the length does put me off. And I think if I was to watch it again, it might steer my engagement away a bit. Um, but when I was watching it, I was fully committed. There was no way I was turning that off the first time. So kind of for the first time, mixed with future watches, I it a <laughs> 3.2, I think. A blended 3.2. Uh, <laughs> Helen? Yeah, I was just like looking back at my notes to see, like generally if, if I've had like a a not very engaged time, then I've got like loads of notes and these are just kind of like random ones, like cat. It's like a cat in it and stuff. And uh, <laughs> you McGregor plus toilets and dead babies. So those are the kind of notes. So obviously like really... Um, engaged in it because none of them make sense reading back now so uh yeah I, i'm gonna give it like 4.5 i was but you know i was pretty engaged and um yeah i think it it is it is it is a little bit long but i think it it deserves deserves your your time and then like you know he's a director who cares about like what he puts on screen you can obviously tell that he spends a lot of time thinking about how he's going to show things and stuff. So you should give him his full attention. He's a good guy. We like we like Mike. Let him make we more do. films. Good old Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it... Um, let's go for 4.5 as well. I, cause I, I think it fell... If, you know, it didn't it didn't stick the landing with going back to the Overlook and that kind of thing, but I still wanted to know where it's going. Uh, you know, the lockbox things and... Um, it was, you know, it took me all the way through to the end. Um, but yeah, it, it loses a few points for just, I think it could have finished more on a peak. Uh, so that gives an overall score of 3.78750. Decent. Um, I thought potentially it was going to be higher based on the start. Um, but guys, one thing we should say is go to Twitter, find us on Twitter. If you're listening and you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at FlitzWatcherPod, as well as telling people about latest stuff and insights and news on uh, just TV and Netflix stuff in general. We do put a shout out before we record, such as this one. We're reviewing Doctor Sleep with Lucy J. Booglass and Sean Higg, 444 89215. Catchy as ever. It is. Um, I mean, I could ask you why you chose that, but yeah, fine. Have you seen it? Give us your, th- <laughs> give us your thoughts and a score of five stars for an on air shout out on Flitswatcher. We have quite a few responses for this. Lucy, do you have this Twitter post? Yeah. I do. Can you? Pick one to read out, please. Yeah, so we have one by uh, at Russ Loves Movies, which mm. says, not quite the best King adaptation, but certainly a contender for my favourite. Richly drawn, meticulous in pace with some masterful performances. Finds balance between the competing visuals of King and Kubrick whilst remaining a Flanagan film. A comfort watch for me, five stars. So that's Whoa. a comfort glowing... Watch. Glowing yeah. review and a very articulate review, if I must say so myself. That's a great review. <laughs> it's a re- recent guest, Russ. Yes. Yeah, that's a very, very well-written review. Sean, do you want to say the next one? Right. So this is from Claire Ellen Hope, uh, who puts it at a three-star at best for me. Drawn-out pacing, limited characterization, and just not engaging. Uh, saw it at the cinema and was left very disappointed. So one of the few that actually did get to watch it at the cinema. Didn't enjoy it as much, I guess. 
but again, you know, I think we've kind of touched upon that, but maybe the marketing for it just wasn't done right. So the people that did go and see it didn't get the film we they were expecting and we didn't go see it because it wasn't the film that we expected it to be. Helen? Um, this one's from a regular contributor, Lee Thomas. Big King fan and really enjoyed the book. Thought the film was excellent. Got it. I've got it number seven on my King movie letterbox list. Nerd. The scene with the baseball kid was horrifying. I'll watch everything Mike Flanagan does. Four stars. Lucy, do you want to give us another one? Yeah, so we've got uh, Callum Cooper says, Doctor Sleep is such an underrated sequel. Suspenseful, visually haunting, and serves as a great thematic and narrative compromise between The Shining's book and film. Plus, as a RWBY fan... I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I enjoy the textual, subtextual Easter eggs to it with Abra. Flanagan on top form. He came back with four stars because he didn't give his stars. Four stars, yes. There yeah. we go. Yes, you are correct. I missed that bit. Yeah, four stars. <laughs> Don't forget the stars. <laughs> Very important. Um, and we have one last person who says, I've not seen it. Um, so why did you bother commenting? Um, <laughs> Maybe they will now. Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but Billy, go and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Billy said, go and watch it. Yeah, we're telling you to go watch it. Um <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for bringing uh, Dr. Sleep to us. Can you tell us where we can find you online and say goodbye to everyone who's listening? Yeah, so you can find me um, at Lucy Jade Buglis on Twitter or at TV Time Pod, which is my podcast. And thank you again for having me. It was a blast. Super. Sean? You can find me at Sofa Cinema on Insta um, or thesofacinema.com where I post and blog all the time. Um, And yes, thank you as well for having me. Loved it. Splendid. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to watch a Doctor Sleep. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.